was so bizarre. It was like a Barney special. Are Barney That's, specials bizarre? I would think so. There's a giant talking purple dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Or good night. Or that's the same thing as good evening. Good night. All right, we're done. <laughs> that was a great episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nerves of Steel. I'm Alex. I'm Jill. And today is an important episode for us. But first, we need to take care of some maintenance. Uh, we want to thank everybody who has potentially and possibly tuned in. Yeah, because... Wow, holy crap. We did wow. not realize so many people were willing to listen to us for 15 minutes. 15 good old minutes. We're really Fun. thankful and fortunate. Um, we are now on the iTunes. We are. And Stitcher and Google Play. So choose your venue and Spotify. Uh, but we would love if you guys subscribed and reviewed us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help us reach a bigger audience um, and help us expand to help others. And if there's anything in particular uh, you want to hear us talk about, we've had a couple of people reach out and say they would love to hear us explore some, some topics, some certain things that we touched on in the intro, which is awesome. We'd love to hear more. So as we craft this podcast and as we kind of like develop it into Whatever it will be, we'd love to have your input. So, like Alex said, you can record, or I'm sorry, review us on iTunes, um, and we will absolutely be reading every single review. All of them. <laughs> Good or bad. Just don't be too mean, because we're say, sensitive. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have to thank our friends, Nicole, Jen, and John over at Talk Murder to Me podcast. Uh, they've been really nice and helpful as we've been getting the ball rolling on our podcast. Uh, Talk Murder to Me is basically John does research on a murder and presents it to Nicole and Jen. And they talk about the murder. They have some themed libations. And it's just great banter. And I mean, honestly, alcohol and murder are sickeningly two of my friends. <laughs> it's like Especially gone to the point combined. yeah it's gone to the point where like i need to work on my talking points because if there's like a lull in a conversation with like new people or i feel like something's awkward and i need to fill the space i'm like should we take a shot or I'm like, <laughs> or i'm like so who do you think killed john benet ramsey and everybody's like okay well then. the thing is if they don't say the brother then you probably shouldn't be hanging out with oh. them oh we need to talk about that <laughs> have some theories for you anyways go check them out they're really great people and thank you guys so this episode it's a big one for us we figured we'd just start off really heavy um get it out of the way um so the reason alex and i came to really talking about anxiety and depression and like these certain points in our lives because we both went through Breakups and not just run of the mill mutual breakups, but we're like straight up dumped. We were dumped, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, this blows." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and definitely took a toll on our psyche because of it always does. 
but we think that it's a very important thing to talk about, especially in regard to mental health and especially those that have anxiety or depression um, being dumped is a blow. A blow. Yeah, of course. A big blow to your ego, to the time that you invested in that person. And again, we, as I feel like always have very different stories Mm -hmm. and we hope to share those with you and you can maybe relate to either or both of us and you know get to hear what some shitty stuff that happened to some good people isn't that (laughs) great (laughs) hopefully you won't feel so bad okay so for this episode we are going to each tell you our stories of what happened to us Mm mm-hmm And then we are going to branch off and talk about, we both have very different schools of knowledge when it comes to mental health, and I'm going to break off into a more psychological, oh shit, what's the sound of the police? (laughs) (laughs) I hope everybody's okay. So I'm going to break off more into a psychological explanation of some things related to getting dumped. I am no professional by any means, but I did study psychology in college, so I spent four years dedicating myself to my knowledge of psychology, and I do feel like it was something that, at the time I didn't realize, but I took solace in understanding, you know, neurologically what is happening chemically and that I think was an underlying reason why I wanted to study psychology and I'm very happy I did it has helped me a lot so that's what I'll be talking about and Jillian what will you be giving us so I um have a very different take on self-help when it comes to this um I am more in the school of thought of um big into meditation and yoga and the eastern medicines And I've been practicing yoga for the past 11 years now, which is kind of crazy that it's been that long. Yeah. Uh, Since high school, I got grounded once and couldn't go anywhere except school and like school and practice. I was like, can I go to yoga too? And they were like, sure. (laughs) So that's how I started doing yoga. But that was 11 years ago. And I am now a certified yoga teacher and I've done like a lot of studying of what the both the physicality of yoga and also the practice behind it and Um, I think a lot of it corresponds with what goes on mentally for those of you, for anybody suffering from any ailment, a lot of it has to do with your mindfulness and presence. And that's kind of what I'll be talking about the different, um, energies and things like that. And if you think that's a little too hippy dippy for your taste, that's fine. You can fast forward through me. I don't mind, but that is something I definitely prescribe to. And I want to share it with you guys. So that'll be my section of it. And then we're introducing a segment called Shoot. Is it Shoot the Shit or Shoot My Shit? Shooting the Shit? We're going to take a shot and tell you a story. Shot. <laughs> we shot the shit. We I shot the shit. Something's going to get shot. Shooted and shit. I don't know. <laughs> shit it isn't. A... <laughs> okay. It'll be shooted and shot. Yes. Um, and in that segment, we will either be doing something like telling a story or a joke or today I have. A riddle. Alice has a riddle, and I'm very excited for it. It's kind of a riddle. It's like a psychological riddle. Cool. So stay tuned. 
That's exciting. That'll keep you there until the end yeah. of the episode. Yeah. And mine's just a silly story of what happened after I got down to the hotel because I think it's hilarious. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. So we actually, um, side note, we actually recorded this episode previously and it turned into two and a half hours of Alex and I just talking about nothing except our problems and why we're sad and yada, yada, yada. It was very productive for us. Oh my gosh, we needed it. It was clear that we yes. needed it. But <laughs> I don't think anybody else needs to hear that ever. No. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so we have, deter- we're now determined to give you concise uh, to the point versions of our stories and kind of actually deal with our emotions on our own. Yeah, and be more <laughs> something that can help you rather than just trying to help. Yes, 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 yes. I yes. mean, we have always proclaimed we are millennials and selfish, but let's try not to be that. Let's rain it in. Rain it in. So yeah. did I go first? I think I you went first, actually. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Cool. Um, all right, so diving into this story of my most recent dumping. I think, quite honestly, I think it might be the only time I was truly dumped when I can think back on relationships. Other times when things have, like, fizzled or whatever, I don't really consider that dumping. Mine too. So yeah. that's so fun. Interesting. Fun. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think it's important that we distinguish a breakup between and a dumping. I think everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. But the emotional toll it takes on you. Breakups suck. And that's sad that, like, a person that you cared about is no longer in your life. But being dumped is... I think a different level in which you had no intention of your relationship with this person ending and assuming you wanted to be with them longer than they wanted you, which is kind of like a very personal rejection and hard to take. I had been seeing somebody, uh, basically started dating this person as soon as I moved back to Pittsburgh uh, about two and a half years ago. And I had met them previously in college, like in passing and met them at like a party a year and a half or so after we graduated and like had hooked up together and we like talked but we were living in very different places in the country and I was like this not whatever it's nothing it wasn't even wasn't even a thing yeah and then moved back to Pittsburgh and we ran into each other and immediately started dating like very quickly um things were very serious and I think that on a side note from that I moved back to Pittsburgh without really a lot of a plan um with a lot of things in my personal life And so I think because of that, this relationship was able to take a big hold of my energy. Um, And I'll touch back on that, but I think that has a lot to do with where you are mentally. Like, how much energy you can give a relationship based on how much energy the other things in your lives have. Pin that. (laughs) Put a pin in that. We'll circle back. back. We'll circle back. Okay. So me and this person start dating, and um, for me... It was, like, very head over heels right away. Um, We were long distance, um, but not really long distance. We lived, like, two hours away from each other and made an effort to see each other pretty much every week and talked all the time and made, like, a lot of sacrifices to see each other, which I think you do whenever you're in a serious relationship in any relationship that you really want to be in. Um, And as we started dating and we got serious... um, there was this plan in the works for him that he was going to be taking um, a tri- solo trip um, coming up. Like, So we started dating in April, and this was coming up in January. So it was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is forever away. It's never going to happen. Like, yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. It's whatever. So um, this trip had him basically like, 
biking across the country and through hiking um, the Pacific Crest Trail, which if people don't know what through hiking is, it is through hiking. Through hiking, T H R U. Like a drive through. Like drive through. Like you th- you hike through the entire trail. So it's like okay. you start. Most people you can. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, but most people do like from the southernmost point or the northernmost point of these like giant uh, trails. So the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail. You start at the south or the north and, like, walk all the way through. And it's like... Um, but, okay, so he um, had all these plans to do that and was going to be gone for, like, nine or ten months. And... Is it really that long? Mm-hmm. Shit. It was January to October. Okay. Um, with, like, a little break in between. But, so, we are in this relationship. We're committed. Like, I can't say, like, how... Like, he was, like... I can only say what he said to me that he was feeling, but, like, I was totally in love with this person and was like, we are going to make it through this. Solid. We are solid. This is a small part of our relationship. It's not anything defining. Like, we're going to get through this, and then we're going to keep going. Um, and as a, I mean, sorry, but I think this is a part of what makes a, our dynamic good is that I was there for this, and... I remember when this was about to happen and asking you guys, like, how you're approaching it and how you're feeling about it. And you guys were just like, yeah, like, it's just, he's going to go hike and I'm going to be here and I'm going to bike across the country and it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, but you, you didn't really, you obviously were concerned because you're going to miss that person and it's going to be hard. But it wasn't like, yeah, this is the end because he's going to be gone for nine months. Yeah. And that's why I said when I was like, was it really nine months? Because you got you just didn't portray it as it being such a hardship yeah I think like for me I was like all right I'm gonna get through this and also like Alex said like I too was like biking across the country at that time so I was fortunate enough to be able to participate in this awesome organization and do my own trip which in part was inspired by like what he was doing I don't think I would have thought to like go into that venture again had he had he not come into my life but that made it definitely a lot easier um, with the separation. So he leaves for he leaves for his um, he did like a cross country bike trip was home for a couple weeks and then left to go. I left to go do my cross country bike trip and in that time he was leaving to do, go start the PCT. So uh, we were both on the road for a couple months and like calling whenever we can and for anybody who has known. Um, anybody who really likes to backpack and get lost and off the grid it's really difficult to be in com- like in contact with them so long distance on top of rarely having cell service is a really really fun thing to put your heart through <laughs> recipe for goodness a recipe I'm for goodness sure. yeah it really makes you feel awesome all of the time whole whole is definitely yes. a word i would use <laughs> h-o-l-e not <laughs> <laughs> you are a physical whole <laughs> Uh, exactly. So, uh, I finished my bike trip. I meet up with him on the PCT and we hike for a while. Um, things are fine. Like, I go home and this is like mid-August. I go home and I like move into this new apartment, which I'm moving in with people that I know because of him. Like, his friends, who are now my friends too, but I know because of him. With the intention of him coming back and moving in as well. And I, like, he's on trail for another two months after that, I think. 
And at this point, like, things start feeling really difficult. I get this kind of, like, gut instinct that, like, something is wrong. This is at the end? Yeah, this is, like, this is, like, mid-September to October-ish. Okay. And I basically call him out on this, like, I feel really, like, I have been replaced in your life. And, like, at the time, like, he... Not only is he on the other side of the country, not only am I not being able to see, like, talk to him, but also he's spending all of his time with this person that, like, a couple people, but the vast majority of these people I've, like, met on FaceTime or talked to on the phone and, like, yada, yada, and this one person who I haven't been introduced to, and I'm just like, I don't feel, like, something feels wrong. That one. <laughs> Something's wrong yeah. here. And I was like, I feel like you've replaced me, all these things. Oh, isn't that wild how... This is so fucking immediately wild. Immediately, you're just like, I don't like it. You're like, I, I, I know. know something's yeah. wrong. I know it. But being a millennial boy, he's like, no, everything's fine. What are you talking about? Come on, babe. Um so <laughs> my intuition and all of everything I'm feeling bad about is told that it's wrong. So that's great. And <laughs> we continue on this. I um he finishes up in like October and is flying back and is like, in my apartment, and I, like, get back to him because I had been, like, in Denver when he got back to Pittsburgh. So I wasn't in town and, like, was flying back and driving back, and he was already in the apartment. And I'm in the thought space of we're going to move in together. Like, all right, we're through this rough patch, and, like, we'll figure out whatever we have to figure out and yada, yada, yada. So I walk into the apartment. I <laughs> I told Alex this on our pre-recording, but I think mean, this is not... This is... This is crazy to me please divulge that i so when i fly i tend to wear like the large like i wear the bulkiest, the bulkiest shoes i have um so that i don't have to pack them and so i'm coming home from this trip and i'm wearing these like heeled boots and decide to take them off before i walk into this apartment because he's only like an inch or so taller than me and i'm like i don't want to feel i don't want him to feel like small in my presence and like yeah. i want him to feel comfortable and i yeah, stupid. So stupid, and so whatever. Like, so much, like, thought for his feelings. Like, yeah. all, you, you know, you weren't going to do anything overtly to hurt him. It's just these latent things that you were thinking about and trying to keep him so up. And then you're about to walk into... Just, like, something I was not... Yeah. Was not prepared for. So, I walk in, um, and we say hi, and, like, things are weird, and... I, like, walk into the living room, and, like, his bag is, like, fully packed, and he's been there for, like, a day. And I'm like, why is your bag packed? Like, what's happening? And we, like, sit down. And um, this is, I think this is, like, with anybody who's been through a breakup or any serious conversation, there are, like, things that you, like, will never forget happen. And I was sitting next to him on the couch, and he goes, I'm not going to move in, and I don't think we should be together. And I was just like... Just, like, straight up? I mean, I'm sure... This point, I'm sure there was hesitation, but like that was, yeah. well, that, yeah, that, that was, was the, the message, yeah. yeah. And I just like it was, you know, like in a movie when a bomb goes off and there's like the ringing in everyone's ears. Oh my god, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was kind of like that where I was just like, yes, like where you're like, you can't really That's like understand, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, and you're just like, what, what, yeah, like lit, just no words. Um, and so. After I, like, can compose myself enough to, like, make words come out of my mouth, I, like, turn to him, like, did you cheat on me? Because I'm just, like, 
this is so out of nowhere. Like, the conversations yeah. we've had in the days coming up to this, like, yeah, things are weird, but, like, we're in a weird transition. And, like, I don't think anything's, like, huge has happened. And he's like, no, no, nothing's happened. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. So we go through that whole conversation. Heartache ensues. I over, like, like he does not live in Pittsburgh. The only place he was going to live was in my apartment. So doesn't live there, um, which is, like, another, like, go he from gone. home. He, he gone. He gone. He gone. So there's no, like, it's, like, that one day and then, like, nothing. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my God. So. And uh, you guys, I mean, to put it in perspective, you guys were together for almost two years, right? I mean, if you round up, yeah, but it's like a year and a half. Okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he is gone, kind of like tailspin into just like sadness and like, oh my gosh, what what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Like, I mean, all the kind of thoughts you have in a breakup. And also like when it's something that you can't really understand why it happened. And for me, it was something like if anyone's. I don't know. Like, with long distance and not seeing the person all the time, you there's not, like, small cues of things going wrong. There wasn't, like, sure. a build-up. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard to deal with. But, like, slowly going through that, start to date somebody else, moving on. Like, I don't know. This is, like, over the course of the winter and, like, a couple months go by. Um, and then... So we haven't spoken to each other in a few months, um, which is hard because it's, like, he's like, I want to be friends. I'm like, no. Better not. Better not. I think, hmm, better not. (laughs) But a couple months later, I get... So first I see this, like, Snapchat from him. Um, This, like... I think it's, like... It's, like... I'm pretty sure it was on his story. I can't remember. There's no reason he would have been Snapchatting this to me, so I'm pretty sure I'm, like, going against against my better judgment and, like, watching his shit on Snapchat. Yeah. And it's a picture of this, like, tattoo that he has gotten that is, like... Pretty close to a tattoo that I really wanted to get that, like, we designed together while we were dating. And I was just like, the fuck is this? And, like, called him out on it, texted him, I was like, yo, sweet tat, bro. Like, pretty much exactly like what I was. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I kind of remember you saying you maybe wanted that once. I was like, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Bye. Boy, bye. <laughs> Boy. I was like, this is a bye. stupid conversation. I'm not going to have it. It's fine. Um, yeah. Anyways. So, the next day, I get a text that he's like, um, can you call me? Like, we have something to talk about. Like, I need to tell you about something. And I'm like, what could you possibly have to talk about right now? Oh, my God. And, like, cue anxiety. Yeah, I'm like, what? I also got this text. It was, like, Father's Day. And I'm, like, out to breakfast with my mom and dad. You're (laughs) pregnant. You're pregnant. Oh, my God. I didn't even know. Um, And I'm just, like, sitting there and just, like, anxiously. I'm just, like... I can't. I cannot. Yeah. Okay. So call him like a couple hours later. Basically, it devolves into I have like lied to you. I manipulated you. All these different things. I'm seeing somebody. I am now like living with them, and it's this girl from the trail that you thought I had replaced you with. And yes, I did cheat on you with her. And I'm just like, oh, why? Just why? The fuck? Why? Why? Why does it matter that you tell me this now? So this is, I mean, this is how many months later? This is like six months later. Yeah. Would you, would you maybe have rather not known? Honestly? I don't know. I think I'd rather... Not important? I'd rather, no, I'd rather, like, just fucking fuck. 
Oops. Fun so, fact. So, fun fact. Um, I did have a fully fledged answer to that question that Alice just posed, but her computer froze. And I think that's the universe telling me that I do not need to put my two cents in for the entire internet. Those to vibes know. aren't meant for this podcast. They are not needed. They're not needed. Fine. Not needed. We hashed it out on our own. Exactly. We know what happened. <laughs> we it's know what happened. Um, so, all that being said, I feel like I was dumped twice by the same person without ever having gotten back together with them. So, that's my little story. That's that's just really not a fun... It wasn't fun. fun thing. <laughs> no, and a lot of things happened because of it. I think a lot of psychological tolls took place. Absolutely. That, you know, I feel like you've made a lot of progress in that aspect, but, you know... You never know how those things are going to creep up on you. No, especially, I mean, you think you, I think that's the thing with relationships is like you kind of convince yourself of a certain storyline and you think the other person's on that storyline and when they're not, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did not realize you were not reading the same book as me. You weren't even the same section as the bookstore. No. Yeah. I was at Barnes and Noble and you were at Borders. Yeah. And Borders closed. Yeah. Fun. Fun. Sweet. So fun. <laughs> well, Jill, you're an angel and you deserve happiness, and I know you will find that. Thank you, darling. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to spark notes this because it's it's interesting. So Jill had a very long-term relationship, and mine was the exact opposite. Um, I wouldn't even go as far to say, for the sake of this episode, I'm going to say a relationship, but it was a situationship essentially we were not truly together over this two months and a half I don't know what it was span um but it felt really real to me and that's all that matters and it it I was I was dumped in some way shape or form and that's all that matters to me psychologically because what happened after and during was a very heavy event for me and that's why we're here Oh, and I guess it's fair to mention that I, this story is about a girl, so I guess I have to disclose that, you know, I, you know, mostly prefer dating girls. My track record that at this point is mostly girls, a handful of boys, not a handful. Wow, that makes me sound like I just go through carousel of people You're i do not loving person um, no, i just yeah. love i just love people but um no like i always say when justin timberlake comes to terms with the fact that jessica beale is not me i will certainly take on that role as um his life partner so whatever you want to define that as go ahead um i do not care about labels and i don't care what you think about my sexuality Anyways, so here's what had happened. I was in a long-term relationship, got dumped, essentially. I mean, but at the same time, it was we both came to the consensus that this just wasn't working. So within a six-month span, I was dumped twice. Look at me. Feeling great about myself. But so I got dumped, and I went to a friend's wedding in um chicago and i had you know no agenda i literally was just there for the love of the wedding bored in my hotel room went on tinder as one does as a millennial 
just, you know, let's get some swipes in. I like that Tinder is your chosen app. It's, it, what else would I choose? I don't know. Is, is Bumble big? Oh, I've used Bumble. What happens when it's, so if it's two girls on Bumble, can you both talk first? I think, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Cool. Anyways, um, so I was on Chicago Tinder. I think, honestly, it was like kind of like a research type thing because like Pittsburgh Tinder is just, it's it's just pretty not great. I wanted to see what Chicago gay Tinder was like. And I, you know, just, let's just do some swipes. And lo and behold, I ended up matching with a girl who, again, this is Spark Notes. We just immediately connected. And there's really no other way to put it because you cannot have chemistry on a fucking dating app. You just can't. But it was it was pretty immediate that I was like, oh, our banter is good. This is good. You're funny. Grammar's on point. Grammar is on point. Yes. Mm-hmm. So important. <laughs> and so I was only in Chicago for two days. And we had been texting, messaging. And I remember I was in the airport leaving. I was in the security line. And she texted me saying, so I guess I'm never going to meet you. And I said, quoth Justin Bieber, never say never. And I didn't want to stop talking to her. I knew she wasn't close to me. She wasn't in Pittsburgh, but I knew a flight to Chicago or, like, I could hypothetically drive. It's not the end of the world, especially if I had already been in this mindset of, you know, maybe the person for me isn't in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so I immediately connected with this person not in Pittsburgh, and I was like, well, maybe this is something I need to not let go. So within four to five days, we started FaceTiming. The first time we FaceTimed, it was, I forget, it was like four to five hours that we FaceTimed, and it was just insane to the point where we hung up FaceTime, and I think I texted her, I don't remember, but just saying, what was that? Like, what's happening? And we'd always just be like, what's happening? Who are you? What? Where did you come from? <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. And, but, um, it just felt, I've just never felt so magnetically drawn to a human as far away from them. And for lack of knowing them or actually meeting them, I knew this was a person I wanted in my life in some way, shape or form. And I had to, I had to meet her. So we continued talking within 10 days. She booked a flight to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, a few days later, she was in Pittsburgh. So I don't recommend this as like the safest pursuit of courting a human just out of pure, you know, Craigslist killer type vibes. But I mean, thankfully she was, you know, obviously nothing like that, but I'm just saying, Hey, don't go to a foreign city and then court somebody and then have them come visit you with, you know, that's just not the safest option. So she came to Pittsburgh. I picked her up, you know, very nervous, more so anxious, just like I needed to see this person. And yeah. it, I picked her up at the airport, and it just was not weird. Not one lick of it was weird. I mean, it was immediate just as we clicked electronically and on FaceTime. It was just the same thing in person. And I just remember being so excited and, like, happy and, you know, distance ain't shit type 
mentality. And she came here. We immediately went out with my friends, which was really attractive to me, that she wanted to immediately meet my friends. Yeah. I mean, it was funny that, first of all, she was like, I'm already meeting one stranger, essentially. Why not pile on three to four more? Which I was like, good point. And... You know, probably was a measure of safety for her. Like, okay, I'm not just going. I'm not just going to go to the stranger's apartment and then be stuck with her for however long, which maybe forever if she puts me in a hole in her basement. She came here. She met my friends. Immediately clicked with my friends, which was like the best thing in the world for me. Like mm-hmm. that's so huge because my friends are everything to me, and she just immediately fit in. I think my friends liked her than they liked more than they liked me and vice versa and everything was great we had a great visit she was supposed to be here for two or three days she ended up staying six um it was really hard saying bye but we knew we would make things work and i was supposed to go to chicago but things didn't work out so she was able to come back to pittsburgh which i was super excited about and we were fortunate enough to both be in transitional times where I was starting a new job, and she was in this transitional period, so she was able to be here for a decent amount of time, and we didn't have a flight necessarily booked for her to go back. She came here. I was very excited about starting my new job. Just all the stars were aligning for me, which has Mm -hmm. literally never happened. (laughs) I was going to start a job that would allow me the mental space to work on my mental health and Mm -hmm. not be stressed out. And my friends were great. I had just finished Whole30, so I was like, I can accomplish things. (laughs) I can do things for 30 days. And stick to something. (laughs) And I have this amazing girl in my life who really likes me, and I really like her. And what is happening? When did Mm. I just found out my sister-in-law is pregnant. All the stars were aligning. She came here the second time. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jill? I think you should tell the world. I am drinking Sierra Nevada hazy little thing. Hazy that. little thing. Hazy little thing. So, you go you ahead. No, 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 no. Okay. So, um, she came here the second time. We were having another great trip. We just had so much fun together. Three to four days, or no, it's like the fourth or fifth day, and we. We're at my apartment, we made dinner, everything was... It felt a little not right, but we were both extremely hungover, so I attributed <laughs> it to that. And hey, just guys. like you said, that that fucking moment of in a movie where a bomb goes off and the sound is just ringing. Yeah. I turn to her and I say, what's going on? And she looks at me and says, I can't do this. And it was just, like, immediate, explosive, ears ringing, me shaking my head, what? And me trying to clarify, what do you mean? Like, you can't lay here anymore? You can't eat any more pasta? Like, what do you mean you can't do What? What is this? Define this. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to be in this relationship. I don't, or whatever it was. I don't want to be with you, essentially. Yeah. And... That was really just life-altering, essentially. And not life-altering, but it was just a huge blow. And I think 
I don't I don't remember what happened after honestly but the what came from that or the the implications of that are you know this wasn't just I can't do this anymore so I'm gonna go home and drive to Shadyside yeah or Squirrel Hill or whatever this is I don't want to be with you so I have to book a flight home to Chicago and spend a decent amount of money to get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. Which is like, damn, you truly, I mean, there's, you don't, you really don't want to be here. Can I, can I put in a, a, a similar on my part when we were breaking up, like he didn't live in Pittsburgh, but his uncle does. And so, sorry to t- take this back to my story as well. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But while we're talking I'm like going through this whole thing and we're like we've been talking for hours and I he like is on his phone and I peer over and he's texting his uncle up like yeah like if you could pick me up in like <gasps> half an hour or something no. I'm like oh fucking cool that's it's just it's but yeah it's the, like, gutting it's like it's like the it's the cold logistics of it yeah where you're like okay I don't want to be here now I have to get a ride, or I don't want to be here, and now I've purchased this hundreds of dollar plane ticket, so I yeah. can leave. Yeah. Well, and then it just wasn't that. It was the the killer of it all is that all she was was honest with me. Yeah. It was very. It was as early as it could be into a developing whatever it was. It's just she was honest with me, which is great, and. I'm appreciative of that, but it's just such a blow to your ego because I felt like nobody had really understood me in the way that she understood me and knew me in the way she knew me in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And then when I feel like she wholly got to know me, she was, that's when she was like, I don't think I want this. Aww. And it's, it's like, okay, so you don't, you, you don't want me. And that's like, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? And I know it's nothing I'm doing wrong. It's nothing you're doing wrong. And it's no. nothing she did wrong. And I had to respect her decision. I'm not going to say, no, you're staying here. Because, you know, or please stay. Yeah. I'm not going to beg you to stay with me when you don't want me. Yeah. Um, and then just the whole dr- the dramatics of I drove her to the airport it's saying goodbye. Yeah. And, you know, the implication of this is we very well like more than likely are never going to see each other ever again i don't go to chicago for shit i would never plan on really going back i like chicago a lot but i don't know when i want to go there again and the other killer is that it ended between us she left she went to chicago a week or two weeks later she texted me and said i made a mistake i want to do it i want to try and I was like, absolutely, let's fucking go. Because I wanted her more than anything. And then, again, a week, ten days later, she was like, mm, yeah, wait, no, I really can't do this. And that was the end. And so it's just, for me, it's been this whole toll on who am I? What do I need out of a person? I had finally disclosed myself, I felt like, really holy to a person. I had finally been really overtly about my feelings for a person to my friends. I had never started dating somebody. When did I ever start dating somebody, Jill, and be like, I'm really excited about this person. I want you to know everything about her. She's great. She's coming here. I want all of the things, and please listen to me brag about this person. Literally never. Literally never. That's like never never happened. (laughs) No, and I was so excited, and 
just every day was new and exciting and I had finally been more open about people I'm developing relationships with and then honestly it was embarrassing to be like hey everybody I found this super great person I'm really excited about it take all of this information from me and listen to me talk about her for x amount of time and then a week later be like never mind sorry that you had to listen to all of that because she doesn't want to be with me so and I know that my friends think nothing of that but it it, it, for me it was a blow to finally be able to be open about a relationship and it just get blown up in my face literally Mm -hmm. so again she's not a malicious person it's been really hard though to cope with this I finally opened up to a person I finally felt like somebody knew me and it blew up in my face so now I've been facing all these crazy walls yeah and I was always a person who didn't believe in walls I would always like if some if I met somebody that I was interested in they said that I have all these I have these emotional walls or intimacy walls or emotional walls or whatever I would be like okay but we're gonna I've got a a real thing I've got a wrecking ball and we're gonna (laughs) but you know I've been working on it for months now yeah breaking it's like very real I think that's I think um, you don't you don't realize what that means until like the walls go up because you fully give yourself over to somebody and like that you think it's like a full acceptance and then to be like thrown back you're like okay I can't let myself go there again unless I'm sure and like the thing is the shitty part about that is that you're never sure it's more like I can't let myself go there again until I'm truly ready to go there again but I totally agree I think after you feel something really real with somebody and they stomp on your heart it's yeah totally natural to put up walls yeah and it's just it's just crazy for me because I'm such an emotional person yeah I'm all I'm I'm violently emotional and then for that to be stunted was really scary for me yeah it's like it's almost like you're living it's like blind melon song is it no rain? no rain yeah and like all I can say is that my life is pretty plain yeah where it's like you feel like every day things are just kind of gray and things don't have like the same feeling and like mm-hmm. it's like everything felt so vibrant and like amazing exactly. it's like you were on fucking molly for months and you're just like <laughs> oh my god this is awesome hashtag like, molly for months hashtag molly for months and like you are just nothing is ever bad like you go to sleep and you're like yeah and you wake up and I brush my teeth yeah and like everything's great yeah and then like that is just like destroyed and you're I feel like it's like you're living in a cloud almost yeah that's at least that's how I felt like I was like oh my god I was just I was on autopilot yeah I think that's why I think like humans just we all crave relationships and we crave support and we crave community and yeah. When you're going through something really heavy, you like want you need people to be there for you. You Absolutely. need to talk about it. And I think that's like totally normal and it sucks when you feel like it's a burden. Like you feel like Yeah. Like, oh, I, I beat like, the shit I, I beat the shit out of this horse. My poor that, friends just had to hear the No, not I don't say I know because you like I know. <laughs> you are so fucking annoying. I was no, waiting for the day. Not at all. I'm saying I know because I felt the same way, but I also feel like I didn't. I don't know if I talked to you guys that much about it, like when it was yeah. happening. 
Yeah. I feel like it was so, it was so surreal for me and it was so hard that I, I, I like couldn't even talk about it. Yeah. Like I couldn't even bring it up to people. I wanted and, to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, and you want to compartmentalize and be like, okay, this is my time with my friends. I just want to enjoy my time with my friends. Yeah, and I just want to be done with this. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to give it any more energy than it deserves, and it doesn't deserve any energy, but it's taking all of my energy. Yeah, it is It is swamping me. And that's, I mean, back to the, like something I talked about at the beginning where like if you are somebody who hasn't, your energy can go into a relationship really full throttle mm-hmm. because a lot of the other aspects of your life maybe aren't playing out the way you want them to or they're not really organized in the way you want them to. If that ends, it's kind of like all that energy is just like, fuck. Like, now I have to, like, focus on the things that I was, like, purposefully not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. For me, I, like, I think the coping for me, a lot of that had to do with, like, being with friends getting out and doing things like physically doing things I'm like a very physical person and so a lot of it had to do with like that's literally like when I signed up to go through yoga training was like two weeks after this happened yeah I was like I occupy myself yeah physically and mentally and mentally I'm like I'm gonna read all these books like I'm gonna do all of this um I think sometimes we throw ourselves back into dating which I definitely did I did too yeah I I mean I I did, too, in a very different way. I'm fortunate in that the situation that happened upon myself, the other person was kind of on the same mental level as me. I mean, we both had very different shit going on. Yeah. But I disclosed to her very early what happened to me, and I was pretty much like, yo, this isn't essentially fair to you. But if you're willing to work through this with me, we can, you know, pursue whatever we want to pursue. And it was, it was casual, but deep. It, I mean, I had the Great Wall of China up and it took, it took both of us working together to all of a sudden like TNT dynamite explode those walls. And yeah. Which is amazing, and I'm so fortunate for that, and so fortunate for her that she was patient with me, and I mean, but, you know, now we're in a really good place, and we still have a lot to hash out with each other, just personally and work on, but I think that we did a good job at portraying our stories. I think that I'm going to refill my... That's perfect, because I have to pee. Cup. <laughs> you know and we're back. Wait. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, previously on Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> oh, that's. I made that a little stronger than I intended to, but that's okay. So, we're going to now start exploring our different little schools of knowledge. I'm going to delve into some psychological stuff that. Kind of has helped me come to terms with what I deal with mentally in, more specifically, this most recent dumping. So, I have this article that comes from the Kinsey Institute at IU, or Indiana University, and it is 
from 2016, so it's pretty relevant. And our title here is Intense, Passionate, Romantic Love, A Natural Addiction, How the Fields that Investigate Romance and Substance Abuse Can Inform Each Other. So basically this article, it was in Frontiers and Psychology. First author is <laughs> Helen E. Fisher, uh, and along with a few others, and this has like two pages of references so this is actually something that's being very i don't want to go to say widely researched but ha is has a lot of evidence behind it so what has helped me come to terms with what's going on with me and always has been this way is finding kind of psychological backing as to help me understand that what's going on with me isn't just me it's backed by science it's backed by psychology and neuroscience so basically i started thinking about how a breakup is it's like a break from an addiction and so this article basically talks about how in the early stage of intense romantic love it reflects the same or mimics the same neurological activity of substance abuse mm -hmm. and how you achieve this euphoria you crave the person um there's the emotional and actual physical dependence upon this person and then if there's rejection there's Dip, there's withdrawal yeah. and relapse yeah you know when you break up with somebody and then you relapse on pictures or whatever or mm -hmm. you seek them out and that develops again so in an actual substance abuse situation with either an illicit illicit drug or a behavioral addiction like gambling yeah it all activates this reward system in your brain or the mesolimbic area of your brain which are specifically dopamine rich which we all know dopamine facilitates happiness and specifically in the vta or the ventral tegmental area which is triggered with addiction and they're seeing the same response neurologically to romantic relationships and that's when you form attachment so what this study is saying is that, you know, they can't really qualify a relationship or a breakup or whatever as a quote-unquote addiction. Operationalizing addiction is a little too hard right now, but for the sake of this study, they're saying that it feels like withdrawal from a drug or a behavioral addiction. So this study goes on to say is... If you are romantically rejected, the beloved breaks off the relationship, the lover experiences common signs of drug withdrawal, including protests, crying spells, uh, lethargy, anxiety, insomnia, or hypersomnia, loss of ap appetite, or binge eating, irritability, and chronic loneliness. Yes. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, lovers also relapse the way addicts do, and by revisiting places that you would go to together which was huge for me yeah just like a fucking street sign would upset me yeah or i couldn't go to a, a bar that we went to together a lot um 
any external cues associated with them was your like relapse songs like we had a lot of songs and I couldn't fucking listen to those songs so besotted lovers or strongly infatuated lovers feel these very strong feelings anyways the VTA that part of your brain is strongly associated with pleasure general arousal focused attention and motivation to pursue and acquire rewards uh mediated primarily by your dopamine system activity so literally like evolutionarily your brain would reward you this is the thought behind it that your brain is rewarding you for making good decisions for yourself so that's when it like floods you with dopamine and that's why you have your reward system is like okay you're doing something to survive right now aka finding a mate yeah. to procreate with to further ensue humanity so your brain rewards you for that for making good decisions to help further humanity that's why it's so like love is kind of just your brain being like yeah this is a good mate to be with this is we why we need this yeah we need this to survive so holy shit yeah so this goes on to talk about what if essentially we treated romantic rejection like a withdrawal or trying to cut off your addiction from a drug which addiction to a drug is a demon of its own as is a behavioral addiction like gambling or Mm -hmm. pornography or whatever and those have their own mental intricacies and I'm not saying that my romantic rejection is equivalent to any drug addiction substance addiction or anything but it is interesting when you think about my withdrawal symptoms after this last thing I I didn't eat I I I barely slept I was going I was quote unquote relapsing frequently uh, listening to songs that remind me of that person or looking at a picture or and I think the other kicker with a drug addiction or some you know physical manifestation of an addiction is that you know when you're partaking in that addiction yeah so if you are addicted to gambling you know when you go to the casino and that you are you know pursuing your addiction you know when you're stepping into the realm that you're going to be tempted to do these exactly yeah but like me at two o'clock on a tuesday just randomly pops into my brain oh let's think about that time that we walked yeah to the thrift store together. Oh, like, let's peruse these yeah. old pictures. Yeah, for reason. And but the 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 thing is, is that those memories are like latent; they're not overt, and so you don't really know when you're feeding your addiction, which is yeah scary to think about. So, anyways, this talks about. Let's talk about if we're gonna treat these romantic relationships as a natural addiction. Essentially, here's what we need to do. And they are all things that we know. It's stop associating with that trigger. You gotta delete the pictures. You gotta get rid of the alcohol. Like, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta get rid of all of those cues. It's so crazy because I'm thinking about, like, I'm sorry that I'm. No. (laughs) It's just, like, crazy to think about, like, when we broke up that I was living with people that I associated with him. Yeah. For the next nine months yeah and it just like prolonged all of it it was like if i were if i were going through aa and i worked at a liquor store yeah yeah that was like pretty much oh my yeah how it was right so 
It says get rid of the cards, the letters, the songs, the pictures, the memorabilia, avoid contact with them, which is really hard because, and especially in my situation or, you know, in, I'm sure a lot of people's situations, you know, what she did wasn't like, I hate you and I never want to see you again. So it's like, well, why? I mean, I would ideally like to be friends at some point, but that's just me and that's just how I am. And that's not really, I'm friends with one of my exes and she's great and I love her girlfriend and good for them. Yeah. But I I feel like we're very rare. I think most people are not friends with their exes now. No. But I feel like that's just something we can talk about just with dating girls and how that's a little different. Probably, yeah. So... This goes on to say, you know, getting rid of all of that stuff, but what then to do to help further yourself? This actually talks about close positive contact with a friend or friends is rewarding. It may also help to replace the craving for substances or rejecting partner because it activates part of your brain, the nucleus accumbens, which is part of that reward system. And looking at a photo of a close friend may... may activate this part of your brain associated with oxytocin is there's a lot of implications along with oxytocin but more importantly in this circumstance it's the receptors and the cone of attachment so looking at a friend a picture of you and a friend might actually bring you some calm being like that's a person who loves me and it calms me because we are attached to each other not romantically Mm -hmm. so doing things like that and it talks about exercise increasing your level of endorphins <laughs> everybody together now endorphins make you happy happy, happy people, people don't just... kill my husband <laughs> they just they don't, don't. <laughs> so just it talks a lot about self-expanding and self-expansion working on yourself just like how you said after this stuff with your situation a week or two later you were en route to becoming a yoga instructor because that was self-expansion for you working on yourself building on yourself after a time where you feel like you yourself weren't good enough for somebody, yeah, expanding and yourself. My favorite part of this study is, you know how people fucking say to you, time heals all wounds. And you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I know exactly I, how that feels. <laughs> yeah. But you're like, but, 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 and you know from experience that maybe it does. But that like, doesn't change the fact that you're hurting. No. Right then. But but I'm like, but me being whatever, I'm like, but why? Why does time, time heal? It's like you can't just say that to me without a reason. And this study has some citations that time attenuates the attachment system. So essentially rejected men and women in this study the greater number of days since rejection the less activity in that brain region time goes on less movement less it's attachment. Just like, yeah it's not worried about yeah. it anymore There's and it's like that i read that and i was like that made me feel a lot better not a lot better i mean it doesn't cure shit but it's like <laughs> but it's like okay well that's that's why that happens then. Yeah, like your you know? brain just no longer, it's no longer new information, so it gets stored into something other than reactivity. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, in conclusion, it just talks about build new habits, meet new people, take up new interests, find appropriate medication or a therapist if you're open to that, which I hope you are. Yeah. Uh, wait out the days of intrusive thinking and craving because... The attachment to a former lover or whatever decreases over time due to yeah. less activity in that 
part of your brain. So uh, that is huge for me to think about that, you know, actually neurologically there is a, like a pathology behind what's going on. Yeah. So don't give up peeps. If you're sad. Yeah. Neurologically. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. As long as you facilitate that with going cold turkey, which is so hard to do, but it's worth it. Yeah. It is worth it. And like, I'm thinking about this now because like now where we stand, I'm like, I haven't gone back to the space of where I was when like that entire breakup happened, but like I was really low. Like it was really bad. Like you're reading all these symptoms of like insomnia and like not being able to eat and like all these different things. Like that was for sure me. Like that's how I react to like heartache like that. And now it's like so crazy, not crazy to me, but like I'm so far from that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'm so upset. Like, upset in the way that you're all, like, I don't, I'm not even upset about it anymore. Well, you'd be like, a fucking robot if you weren't upset. Yeah, like, it's like, okay, like, this person I really loved didn't want me anymore, and that's, like, really hard, and that sucks. Yeah. But it's not in the same way that, like, it was then. And, like, it didn't feel like it would ever end. Like, I'm thinking back to myself yeah. then. Yeah. And I'm like, I never felt like it was going to end. Like, it never felt like I was going to get any better or... Like, I could ever... Love again. Okay, we're all capable of loving all the time. I think we love more than we realize. But, like, how distraught I was. And, like, how incapable of just action. Like, couldn't sleep. Like, literally had to take sleep aids and things like that. Yeah. And then, I don't want any of this podcast to be, like, a shitting on anybody. And this is a disclaimer to this person that this is about. This is not me trying to throw you under the bus. But when I told the person... I, like, him and I talked at one point where I was, like, oh, like, I've been, like, having to take sleep aids because I can't sleep. And this was, like, only, like, a week or so after because we're just, like, trying to navigate this new life. And he was, like, well, you, like, shouldn't rely on any of these things. And I was just, like, or, like, you shouldn't rely on a substance. And it's just, like. You can't tell me shit. You can't tell me shit. And also, like, it is not, one, that is the reason these aids exist for people that, like, need something to help them go to sleep. Yeah. And what a fucking gaslighter to be, like. I, oh, I caused you all of this pain, and I'm so sorry about that, and so I'm going to be here for you and then make you feel bad about how you're coping with it. Like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Like, just not sleep? Like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) I just want you to live with this agony. I want you to be really sad, but, like, like, we'll talk and, like, I'm sorry. Fucker. To steal this phrase, feed the ducks, dude. (laughs) Feed the ducks. Feed the ducks. (laughs) It's more effective with the hand gesture for those of you listening. It is a it's a it's, jacking off motion it, in okay. which I feed my semen to the ducks. Oh, thank you for that visual. You're welcome. I really feel like that helps carry things along. Um, the only other tidbit of information that I have as for, you know, that's like what helps me is understanding, you know, psychologically what's happening to me. But Something that has been able, has always helped me through any phase of my life is music. And Time has a really great article about how music changes your brain and how music, specifically in groups when people sing together, there's actually some evidence showing of like an influx of things like oxytocin. Mm -hmm. And that makes so much sense to me because I have jam sessions with myself sometimes where I feel like I'm 
I mean, I just, bl- I'm constantly blaring my music. Yeah. But it's just this in unison type, like, you know when you're watching, like, a musical and you just want to cry? Yeah. 100%. Yes. All the time. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. So, music literally has this rewarding effect on your brain, so... I just urge people who, if you don't really confide in music, to do that, just because it scientifically does have an effect, and I've found that, you know, the lamer the music, the better for me, Um, and not necessarily that it's bad, but like, you know, so do you know who Maggie Rogers is? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. So, Maggie Rogers is just fucking amazing music songwriter, producer type whatever thing. I was listening to this podcast where she is just talking about her biggest song, Alaska, and how mm-hmm. she wrote it and whatever. And it is kind of poppy, but she talks about in her pod in this podcast that she hated pop she hated pop music. And especially when she was studying music in school and she said that she had this same roommate throughout all of college and she was going through a huge stint of um writer's block and somehow pop music came up and Maggie was like yo I I hate pop music and her roommate was like you can't say that because look at your face when you listen to like this Carly Rae Jepsen record (laughs) and Maggie was like oh shit I fucking love I actually love this shit because it's just like I call it like my departure music I just I, I think it's like this. a very appropriate title. Yeah, yeah. It's just I listen to this music that is. It's not necessarily that I put any heavy weight into the portrayal of the song or what it means. It's just yeah. that it takes me away from whatever I'm doing at the moment. And like that's exactly what it should be. I feel like sometimes we like only like like people like like to like say how great certain songs are because they're so real and heavy. And it's like. You know what? Sometimes you need music to be light and you need it to be yeah. nothingness. Not like not not nothing, but like surface level. You need yeah. it to just be like fun to listen to. And that's and it. You don't even need to listen to the fucking words. It's no. the build up of the song and yeah. what it makes you feel. Yeah. That's what cool. all of I mean the fucking all BDM is that. EDM, yeah. It's yeah. like let's just call it falling. Fist pump. <laughs> um, so enough about my uh semi sciencey psychological stuff. Jillian, what hippy-dippy shit do you have for us? <laughs> yeah, I was, we were debating who should go first, and I was like, I feel like you have so much more merit, so I feel like you need to uh-huh. go. Um, so my... What I kind of want to dive into, so I um, have studied for yoga for a long time and really find it, like, a very calming presence in my life um, for anybody who hasn't done it or only sees it as a physical exercise. I really... That's not what it's meant to be. Um, that's not what it's meant to be, but I really, like, I kind of, like, challenge you and push you to go to a class or even watch a yoga, do, like, a yoga thing for tw- um, on YouTube for, like, 20 minutes and focus on just, like, where your mind is. Like, don't think about looking perfect because, like, literally everyone kind of looks like an idiot with all the things. Like, the people that look perfect, like, quote-unquote look, imper- look perfect, they're the assholes. Like, they are the, like... They are the, like, buffed bros with their, like, Bose headphones and cut-off <laughs> t-shirts in the gym of yoga. Like, yeah. that's kind of how I see that shit. But I, um, 
I think it's like the way things happened in my life is kind of like things uh, wove together very um, it was very syn- like uh, idiosyncratic mm-hmm. where like I went through this breakup and was like very upset and very anxious and very depressed and like wasn't really aware wasn't as self-aware as I would come to be of like um, other things happening in my mind other than like oh I'm just sad because I'm in this breakup it's like no you're sad because one you're in this breakup but also there are chemical reactions in your brain that are making you sadder like like there's a message in your brain that is making you more upset than simply what is going on yeah um so that was happening at the same time i decided to go through yoga training which in turn wasn't just a physical training but also like a really huge focus on spirituality and like mindfulness yeah and um within that training we were given different uh, different aspects of yoga to focus on because I did a 200 hour training which like sounds like a lot but yoga has been around for 4,000 plus years and there is a lot to study if you really yeah. want to so 200 hours like barely skims the surface but I studied for our one presentation was the chakras and it really like lined up with a lot of things that I feel like I felt in my body so chakras are these like seven orbs or cycles within your body and there's seven different energies and if you're sitting on the ground like an indian style with a straight back indian style are we allowed to say indian style sorry cross-legged crisscross applesauce crisscross applesauce (laughs) preschool teacher miss alex i'm sorry that was rude I'm sorry. Carry on. It's fine. I'm a white PC. I mean, I'm a white chick talking about saying Indian style with yoga. So clearly (laughs) I'm not PC. Um, and uh, on a side note, this is like total tangent, but I was thinking about this with regard to the entire political system that we currently live in in America. And like, we recognize that these are not the largest issues that we are currently dealing with. And I kind of want to put that out there as just like a sidebar. Like we are, we want those with mental issues to deal with them and be successful humans because I think it makes our society better as a whole if we all can address this and we are more open about it. And that's why we're doing this. Yeah. We also recognize there are much larger societal issues and prejudices and things going on that we're not addressing. Just want to put that out there. Whatever. Wrap it up. Back to chakras. Okay. <laughs> but some of them might stem from people who are battling mental issues. And also true. Also fucking true. Right. So many dudes that work in the center probably have depression and anxiety. Yeah. And they don't know how to deal with it. And toxic and masculinity runs runs amok. <laughs> oh, dear God. I mean, can By you... By George. Can you, can you apply toxic, nar- toxic masculinity to the female Republican representatives in our, like, in our government? Can we apply that? Like, do you think they're working as an aspect of toxic toxic masculinity? Where it's, like, women who are voting Brett Kavanaugh into... Oh, yeah. That's way too deep for me right now. I'm sorry. Okay, that's a sidebar. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's just... uh, I can talk about depression. I can't talk about politics right now, because that was real deep. So, sidebar, we're going to talk about that at some point, because I really want to, regardless. Okay, back to chakras. So, studying chakras are, like, these seven energies that medical professionals is, like, kind of, like, not necessarily what you would call them, maybe, like, a shaman or a religious person, um, have been studying for over, like, 7,000 years, and they are the seven energy, they call them the seven wheels within your body. So, they start from the base of your spine and work upward 
through over like sitting atop of your head not even on your head but like over it and when they are in line like everything works together certain somewhat like a clock in which every wheel is turning correctly and the like wedges are everybody's in everything is lining in together and like as everything turns it's great and that's where you want to be and that's sort of what enlightenment is um sure. like you can only reach the the highest chakra your seventh chakra is your crown chakra and that is above you and it's kind of an all-knowing not all-knowing but all connection with the universe and those around you and that like kind of cannot be reached i was gonna say is that an attainable it it people have said that it's attainable um i think it's something we you it's also like you should you, always strive for it because you should strive for it Exactly, and even once you attain it, it can be lost. Like it's sure. it's never okay. like a constant in yeah. your life. Um, so these like kind of build almost like a a hierarchy of needs a little bit. Okay. So yeah. your root chakra has to do with like that's at the base of your spine. It has to do with like feeling safe and secure, feeling well fed, things like that. Your sacral is sort of like a little bit more than that, feeling like you have support. Your solar plexus is, like, in your stomach and, like, your gut and feeling, like, sure of yourself and true to yourself and well-rooted. Like, if those three are secure, you feel well-rooted. And then working up, there's your heart chakra, which obviously has to do with your connection to other people and love and interaction. Your throat chakra being how you communicate both internally and externally. Your third eye is... Above, obviously seated between your two eyes and your forehead and has to do with sort of like your vision for yourself and how you see yourself in the world and how you see the world around you. And then the crown chakra, <clears throat> like I said, being like interaction with the universe, how you see yourself, not even how you see yourself, but how you see the whole, like you're no longer thinking of yourself because it's even like supposedly above your body. Okay. So if you look at like a diagram of the chakras, they like build up and the, the yeah. seventh one is like above and things that block these like it builds from the base upward and so if things are blocked like you can't have a third eye chakra like in line if you're you don't feel well fed and secure like sure it's like sort build of, off of each other exactly yeah so if like one thing is out of line like you can't effectively communicate if your heart broke if you're you feel like totally disconnected with the love in your life like sure. those things build on each other and i'm looking right now at the things that block chakras and i think this has a lot to do with romantic rejection um that even like our base chakras so one thing that is true through all the chakras that block them is abuse and i think sometimes we have a very limited definition of what abuse is so there's physical abuse and sexual abuse obviously that like have more defined terms somewhat defined terms of um, that person is abusive they have hit somebody they sexually assaulted them all that mental abuse but i think mental yeah, yeah i think mental abuse and emotional abuse are a little bit foggier and i think sure that yeah. is something a little bit more like where do you cross the line like where is the abuse where is it not and what can you endure yeah and what you know yeah and i think it's more with regard to mental health and if you don't feel totally secure in your mental state i think you are you may be more subject to abuse from a partner or maybe more willing to endure certain abusive relationships because you want that partner's support because you put your identity into them. Sure. And when that ends, I think that sort of erupts all of this. All of this abuse kind of like outpours itself into your body. 
And so with these chakras, there's a lot of ways for you to look at what's being blocked. Um, you can kind of feel it like when you feel it in your throat, like why you can't communicate, why you can't, why your throat is tightening. Like, yes, there's a physiological thing going on. And there's also this like energetic feeling of like, I'm not having a panic attack, but like, I don't feel like my vocal cords are as strong as they were. I don't feel like I can like communicate the way I can. And the same with the heart. And I think, um, when you go through a breakup and I say, I think because this is my experience and I'm not reading off of a scholarly article on the way out. I suppose. And I apologize for that. No, but but (laughs) the scholarly article is subject for scrutiny. So yes, but, uh, regardless, um, a lot, but coming, trying to work those things back into alignment, I think is very important. Yeah. And um, when it comes to one, you recognizing where the energy in your life is sort of off, you can feel it physically, and you, can, I think you can feel it when you take a minute to be a little bit more mindful and really check in with your body and do a full body scan. Um, and this is something I do like during meditation, like body scan from top of head to like through your body where is there where are there things that feel off not like oh I have a bruise there or I have a cut there or something whatever it's like something feels off or unbalanced and focusing on like why was that why would that be unbalanced why do I feel this way what caused me to feel this way and so from my standpoint a lot of this was I was able to kind of address a lot of this through mindfulness practices so as you're like dumped out of a relationship feeling the heart chakra especially deals with loss and rejection and abandonment and that is like exactly what happens yeah. when somebody dumps right you there. Right, right there right here here's like yeah. right in the guts yeah. right in the heart guts um the heart guts the heart guts yeah uh, we were going to title this episode via that if we weren't following a calculus <laughs> thing it would be heart guts <laughs> stabbed in the heart guts stabbed in the heart guts <laughs> True, true. At least we have a working title. Yeah. But aligning that has a lot to do with focusing your energy there and allowing yourself to mend yourself inward. I mean, a lot of this is like, there's no like prescribed way to do this. There's no, it has everything to do with taking the time to look inward. And it's all about self-awareness. It is. It absolutely is. Which is hard to do as personally as a dysthymia, like anxious person. I don't want to self-reflect a lot. Yeah. that scares me. I think it's scary for a lot of people. Yeah. and But it's so important. Yeah. Because I fear seeing something in me that I need to change or that isn't really productive for others. Yeah. And so I don't want to... I don't want to focus on myself in a way of criticizing myself because that is... I don't want to see negative things within myself or things that I need to work on I just put a really rude emphasis on that. No, that's okay because but, I think I think it's important to recognize that finding things in yourself that you don't necessarily like or you want to change isn't a criticism. I think it has everything to do with how you accept it. You're like, okay, I didn't realize that I did that before. Or like, I didn't realize that was a part of me. And this is a strongly external thing. Yeah. And it, it was always upsetting to me that something so external is now making me work very internally and like I I want to come to these internal realizations on my own I don't want it have to be triggered by somebody else yeah but I think that's just kind of how it goes that, that is how it goes <laughs> that's what I'm 
fucking learning. Yeah, like you can't you can't have a serious moment of self reflection without something else happening. Oh yeah, all the self reflecting, all the self reflecting this yeah. past however many months. Yeah, which has been so like exhausting. depressing and exhausting, but amazing at the same time. It is. I mean, I don't think you go through more growth than when you go through hardship. Yeah, and it. I mean, it fucking sucks. Like, you're just like, I don't want to grow anymore. Like, I just, I would rather be just, like, happy and not thinking about it. No. Like, that's where I'd rather be. Yeah. But we all know at the end of the day, like, we will be stronger people for it. Oh, hell yeah. It's just going through it sucks. I'd rather not. Better I'd, not. Better not. Thought about it. Better, better not. But, like, that's what it is. I mean, um, all that to say, though, with regard to anxiety, and I think this is... Also very important, the breathing techniques of yoga and meditation really help to counteract anxiety attacks and to counteract panic attacks and sure. to counteract overthinking. If you, I mean, this is something like truly you can put into practice today if you're like having an issue. There are certain types of breathing mechanisms and one, I can't remember what it's called and I wish I would have brought my yoga notebook with me, but um, there is one that you like breathe in for four seconds hold for two seconds breathe out for four seconds hold out for two seconds and it's like a cycle and it allows you to just focus on your breath and like just by i mean there you can just breathing in and breathing out helps but like the counting for me sort of like helps to just realign where you are and if you're in a position like oh you're freaking out take take 30 seconds to do that yeah. And it'll just like, okay, I'm here. Absolutely. And that's that's my shit. I'll probably I feel like I'll probably mention breathing techniques and all of these because it just well, helps. And let's think about, you know, back to me, neurologically <laughs> the two things that your brain needs in order to survive. One is glucose, one is oxygen. Yeah. And it's so silly that like every day my my watch reminds me to take a minute to breathe and focus on nothing else but breathing and that's such re- relatively an absurd concept but you fucking need to yeah if you want to feed your brain the way you feed your belly and feed your body you need to take a minute for your brain and breathe yeah and that's a really overlooked component of our lives and hashtag america yeah oh my God. so you don't need to fucking tweet just Alexa, play Breathe by Anna Nalick. So, (laughs) whether you feel some type of way about some psychological explanation of what may or may not be happening to you or have, has happened to you, or even if that happens to you, I feel like it would have been really productive for me to be like, okay, I just got dumped. I now have to prepare myself this shit's about to go down. For the withdrawal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I would have been much more able to deal with it. Or if you feel more solace in taking a moment to think about your chakras and breathing, and you can further your research because you have this thing called the Google machine, and that <laughs> can help you. We really hope that, you know, maybe in conjunction, it helps you. It has certainly helped us. We're going to move on to shooting the shit. Should we pour shots? I'm going to pour a shot. Remember, Alex is about to feed me a shot and then tell me a riddle. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll see how this goes. I also want everyone to know that she is pouring freezer cold vodka, and there's no way for me to take this and not think about East Halls at Penn State in a way that makes me happy and a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't love it, but it happened. But it happened. So for anybody who I took shots with in 614 Curtain Hall or <laughs> all of East Halls, I hope you guys are great. So let's take this shot. I have a Florida shot glass. I'm going to think about the sun. This is ain't going to do that again. I don't know. What's the other side? Oh, that's the whole shot glass. Okay. Yeah, my friend actually <laughs> made that for me because one of my students used to say that. That's when adorable. When she would be in trouble, she would say, I ain't going to do that again. And I feel like maybe that's my mantra. That has to be my <laughs> mantra. Can we get stickers in there to say, ain't going to do that again? Ain't going to do that again. Okay, cheers. So, cheers. All right, so we're just going to go right into this riddle. I'm so excited. Okay. It's not a... I want everyone to know, I have no, th- I have no idea what this is. Yes. We were going to talk about it before, but decided against. So this is about... This is a story of a girl. Okay. Named Lucky. I'm <sighs> just kidding. If you want it to be Lucky... I feel excited. Okay. So this girl is at a funeral. She's at her mother's funeral. And she sees this guy and ends up interacting with whom she falls deeply in love with. She thinks he's amazing, but again, it's at her mom's funeral. It's not like the most conducive courting experience. She doesn't really, she doesn't get his number or Snapchat or anything, and they part ways. And okay. she's like, shit, I really liked that guy. <clears throat> A few days later, she kills her sister. Why did she kill her sister? That's the whole riddle? I don't, again, that's that, why okay. I don't want to qualify it as a riddle. It's not a riddle, but, psych, like, why Why would she kill her sister? Oh, because she thinks he's going to be at the funeral again. Oh, you're too smart. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is this supposed to be, like... <laughs> and no, it's way more fucked up that I came to that conclusion so quickly. Jill, I've actually never met somebody who knew that, because it's supposed to be, like, this psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, only a psychopath would think that way. <laughs> well, I like, the logic in my head. I was like, okay, maybe, like, they're not sisters, or, like, it's a, it's a twin, or, like, yeah. they're dogs, or, like, this is, like, what's going on? <laughs> All right, Jill, I mean, I... That's the thing, is you're too smart and logical. I should have known, but... <laughs> For those at home, I thought at least we'd have a little bit of discussion. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it. I mean. No, I see my answer. My answer always was. She probably has the same. My reason was like she was sisters. in grief. And so killed her sister? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her life. <laughs> There's a whole backstory. Her and her sister were actually at odds. It was the first time she had seen her in years. Yeah. And she would like, she was there side story she's there with exactly. the with the father of this girl's babies who she thought was yes. dead and they finally figure it out and so she kills her exactly that's she exactly. also she also kills the family but like you don't know no. that and she's a convicted murderer she also killed her mom and then we get like three spin-off series yeah. that's exactly where my brain that's goes. what happened okay thank you Jill for your time <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I got there <laughs> too quickly. Am I a psychopath? Questions I ask myself a fair bit. That's, hey, good for you for being so smart, though. Shall we continue shooting the shit? You want to tell your story? My story is so weird after that riddle. Are we just done? Do you want to, I mean, I'll tell it and then we can edit it out if we don't want to keep it. Because <laughs> I think it's a fucking hilarious story and deserves to be told to the public. Let's go. Let's go. Well, all right, we're going to end on a happy note. Um, Okay, so after um, I was broken up with and my heart shot into a thousand pieces and, you know. You know. Sadness. Things. Things. Whatever. I did what any other single 20-something-year-old woman does is she gets dressed up in a tight skirt and goes to a um, a happening bar, decides she's going to make out with somebody. Yeah. So I, uh, this is like Halloween, and I like dress myself up to look super cute, and I'm like, I'm... You're a mouse, duh. I'm a mouse, duh. No, I dressed as, um, from Scooby-Doo, not the Velma. blonde. Is Velma the one with the glasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I dressed up as. I think so. Yeah. Great Courtney. costume. It was yeah. so easy. Oh, yeah. Loved it. And so went to Spirit, which is this club in not club, but like Club. Club. It's an event space in Pittsburgh. And I was yeah. like, I'm one thousand percent gonna make out with somebody tonight. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. Deal with it, universe. And I put that out there and did exactly that. Um was definitely not an emotional space to let somebody else into my physical space. So got very sad and cried a little bit while we made out. It's so fine. You- <laughs> You cried into his mouth. Cried into his mouth a little bit. It's fine. I don't think he knows because boys are stupid. So. Ain't got no tears left to eat. He did. His sodium intake increased for that day. Okay. (laughs) It's my ring. Uh, So this person, this is like 10 days after um, hysterics have ensued and we like exchange numbers and he asked me on Snapchat and it's like super terrible. And (laughs) (laughs) he's just like a terrible, like not like a bad person. He's just like, so didn't you say he was like sending you selfies from odd angles being like, so what's your favorite movie? It was so, it was like a poorly lit apartment and he would take a picture of like himself and it'd be like, what movies do you like? And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) Wait, why? Why? Why are you sending me this? Why? Is this how you chose to communicate with me? I don't, I'm not going to respond with a selfie. That's not happening. Thank God for Snapchat's chat feature. Also, we have each other's phone numbers. Why aren't you texting me, you weirdo? So, I stopped answering all of those. And (laughs) that fizzles. Two months later... Uh, we go out to a dueling piano bar for our friend Tissy's birthday. Shout out, Tissy. We, Hi, Tissy. We, we love you. We just really love you. Okay, sorry. So it was Tissy's birthday, and everyone's out to celebrate because she's a magnificent woman, and there are thousands of people that want to celebrate her. Thousands. Existence. Thousands. So we go out to uh, this dueling piano bar, and we walk in, and you're supposed to like put your name <laughs> on this fucking list for like... I don't know. They're taking everyone's name. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. And my friend Chelsea's like, we have to do this before we can walk in. Blah, blah, blah. So I do it. Walk in. We're hanging out. And I see the Snapchat man from <laughs> poor selfie Snapchat man across Snap the bar. Man. Snap man. And just actively trying to avoid his gaze. Like dipping underneath lights and like yeah. behind poles and sort yeah. of like hiding. Hiding next to our friend Dave that I'm like, maybe if I'm near a dude like he won't come by. But it's Dave so Dave, it's like... Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Dave, stand near here. But like Dave is like 
the least intimidating man? Nope. Sorry, Dave. So, trying to avoid this man, I'm like, oh, he definitely sees me. I'm just gonna, like, pretend, scoop, scoop, we're not, like, here. I don't have to look at him. It's fine. He's not sure. It's been months. And so, we... <laughs> these people go on stage, and they're like, we're gonna pull a winner for this huge, like, raffle drink thing, and this, like, giant drink that somebody can win for free. And I'm like, two thoughts running through my head are... I hope Tissy gets it. It's her birthday. And also, like, I need to stay away from this man. and He can't see me in any type of light. So they dive into their raffle tickets and they pull my name. And I come up on stage and <laughs> they say my full name. And they're like, Tissy, you come down and get your drink. Ah! So I'm under a spotlight five feet away from the man I'm trying to avoid completely. With a giant, like, fucking five-gallon drink in my hand. It was huge. There were approximately 79 straws in that drink. All of them. All of them were curvy straws. Why they... So many crazy straws for one drink. Where do you get so many? Where do you get so many crazy straws? Are you thinking about turtles? Clearly not. Or not. Or not. This was pre-Turtles. This was before we thought about Turtles. This was a a whole ten months ago, so we weren't thinking about Turtles. I like Turtles, but I don't think about Turtles. I like Turtles. I like Turtles. Regardless. So, uh, we're drinking the Turtle drink, and... uh, Mr. Snapchat comes up to me and, like, tries to talk to me. Mr. Snapchat. I'm just like, oh, gotta go. Bye. And, like, scoot away from him as effectively as I can. And (laughs) at the end of the night, like, we're there until 2 a.m. The lights come on. And it's, like, horrific 2 a.m. fluorescent lighting of, like, dehydrated 26-year-olds just looking like, (laughs) I want a fucking day. If you could, if you could see Jill right now, she Describe is this. five fingering her her face and pulling back uh, like she's being birthed. Yeah, as so. if the, my fingers are the birthing canal and my eyeballs are coming out first. That's what you look like. <laughs> so that's what we all look like. Um, and we're standing at the exit, like waiting for an Uber, and. His name, I think his name is Jordan. I'm pretty positive. I didn't look back on this, but I think his name is Jordan. Jowden. Uh, Jowden. Snapchat. We'll call him Jordan Snapchat. JS comes by, and he's like, oh, bye, and, like, goes to high-five me, and I, I'm, like, standing there with our friend Karen, and I'm like, okay, sure, go to high-five him. He too slows me, like I'm a four-year-old in preschool, and takes his hand and puts the loser sign on his forehead. He smash-mouths you. He smash-mouthed me. And after I cry-mouthed him, and, <laughs> and it was just the most bizarre interaction I had. And it was at that moment that I thought, I don't think I'll ever get married. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, men are capable of this, too. <laughs> there is no hope for, for humanity in general. It was so bad and so stupid. And I just remember, like, witch-cackling laugh. As he walked out the door, because I was like, I can't understand how this is offensive to me. Like, I don't... (laughs) What? I am rubber, you are glue. I'm just so uninterested in you that there's no possible way you telling me I'm a loser is going to do... It was so bizarre. It was like a Barney special. Are Barney specials bizarre? I would think so. There's a giant talking purple dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) And his um, eye, like, proportion-wise, pretty bizarre. 
Regardless, that's my breakup story. Um, that was our student this shit because Alice wanted to get real deep in it and didn't realize she was friends with a psychopath and who also... So, I actually might be murdered right after I press stop. <laughs> so, if Yin's guys feel any um, weird vibes from Jill, it's warranted. It's fair. Thank God I'm anti-gun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, thank God I'm pro, um, I'm getting the fuck out of here. We're in your apartment. I'll still get the fuck out. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, uh, no one's getting murdered. I'm not a murderer, guys. Everybody. I just was thinking logically. It's a riddle. Yeah, I'll get you next time. We have time. to edit a fair bit of this. <laughs> a lot of this. Alright, so, um, anyways. Anyways? Anywho. Any whore. <laughs> Any whore will do. <laughs> we hope that from this rambling nonsense of a podcast, you can find a little bit of help. That you're not alone in heartbreak. And it keeps happening to all of us, even if you're a fantastic person. And it's it's very real as in how it affects you beyond the breakup. As in, like, my situation... I don't necessarily want that person anymore, but it is affecting how I pursue my life furthermore mm-hmm. and how I pursue the people that I actually do want and how I let that affect furthering developing relationships. And um, it's not fucking fun. No, it's not fun. Yeah. And I agree with Alex where, yeah, you don't necessarily want to be back in that relationship, but that the love and energy you put into a relationship still holds on to you after it's done. And that's, that is okay. I think that's a big thing that we harp on where you want to be over it and you don't want to give it any more attention. And you think because, all right, that person, it's over. I'm not going to think about it anymore. You're allowed to think about it. You're allowed to be sad, but you also should give yourself the gift of working towards bettering yourself. Yeah, and, and moving on. And you deserve good things. You do. You absolutely deserve a good partnership, a good life, a good relationship with yourself as well. I think that's absolutely. super important. Work on your relationship with yourself. And, you know, that's something that I'm currently battling is like, but do I deserve good things? And it's you like, do. yes, I do. You 100% do. But, okay, hello, brain. You're not letting me recognize that sometimes. sometimes your brain sometimes I think uh, when you don't face a lot of barrier maybe your brain is just trying to make you stronger because your actual life is not facing you with a lot of barriers and in order yeah. to be a more empathetic person your brain is creating these obstacles for you Yeah, and that is probably total bullshit but I'm going to go ahead and believe it so anyways if you guys feel any type of way please instagram us please email us at nerves of steel podcast at gmail.com follow us on the gram at nerves of steel podcast yes yes yes, yes. yes. um we are here for you we've received some feedback and we love it and we want to talk to you guys be there for your friends i yeah. feel like is yeah. the, let them, let the them. takeaway from getting dumped let them heart dump on you. Yeah. Let your heart guts. Let your heart guts spill out of that wound. Yeah. <laughs> because Jill has been there for me and I've been there for her and mm-hmm. I can't imagine it any other way. So. So, so, so. Signing off. She's Alex. 
That's Jill. <laughs> we are Nerves of Still. Will it get better? I don't know. We gotta learn to harmonize. We do. Aloha. Because that means hello and goodbye. Ain't gonna do that again. Oh.